because one lonely, sad, woke-ass piece of shit complained. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. Yes, no beret. It is an anti-commie pod that we do here. (laughs) This is number 67 of Planet Rage. We'd like to welcome you all to the anti-commie pod. Anti-commie. That's kind of what you're known for. Take no shit. I guess I'm getting a rep for that. And I listen, uh, we got a lot to talk about here. I was not on the, on the, I was taking a hike up on Mulholland, uh, dirt Mulholland, we call it in the West Valley, when uh, this, this mad mayhem was occurring. I understand in the feed where I, somebody thinks I hijacked it with my show. What happened? Well, you popped right on in there when the, uh, when the problem started. You were next in line. So, oh, I would now just how go. How could that happen? You're a Ben. Walk me through this so I can make it happen again. I would say it was all due to uh, the Roadcaster Pro for that Adam had that seemed to be having problems. Wow. That's funny. That is, uh, you know, hey, sometimes <laughs> you're just lucky and you're the next one in and they start uh, up and you got your thousand plus in there listening to no agenda. And then all of a sudden they go silent and all of a sudden there's this crazy anti-commie guy. <laughs> for once in my life, right place, right time. Exactly. Digitally, at least. People are coming out of the woodwork. Like, what is this all about? Too much. And uh, love it. Thank this, you, Adam, a roadcaster, I guess. Right. Thank you for having bad hardware. Because <laughs> it's hard to recover from bad hardware sometimes. You know, it's. Oh, uh, well, I know. You, you, yeah, you have the laptop from hell. Yes. And any of these devices that we rely on can have issues and especially with windows updates or it doesn't really matter if it's windows any operating system update can mess with a driver and then sure you think you're ready to go and do a show and it just doesn't work and it's worse than if it blue screens your machine when i had the uh it wasn't the mackie it was the other uh device i forget which one it was it doesn't work well the uh the focus right does never oh, worked well That's for focus right scarlet uh-huh mm-hmm. never worked well for me and i know some yeah. people use it with windows and it's absolutely fine that one more likely than not it seemed to be would cause issues a lot of times it would just be static or there was some kind of distortion thrown into the mix and that's never fun so i'm glad i mean maybe I should, it just didn't like you it's possible or Maybe it didn't like your shouty voice. I know, like CSB. Or I should yeah. pound on something wooden here and be like, you know, hopefully <laughs> the Motu has been so solid yeah. that I have never had an issue with it. It doesn't, you know, the settings don't magically change. It doesn't usually give me any issues. Although the other day, while I'm saying this, there was, and it's, I know I ask for problems because I will turn on and off different 
audio devices that can coexist, but maybe they shouldn't coexist. And the other day I was just listening to something and it was like, it was a little static. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. And I went to uh, another track and that was still static. I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's in the audio interface. And I was listening. Uh, it wasn't through the Motu though, but the Motu was on, but I had to turn my main interface off and on again. And then the audio was back to fine. So you never know why this stuff happens except that it's garbage. All of it. <laughs> You've learned that the more expensive laptop it is, the more chance you have. This is, tr- this is true. Yes. The thing's just going to die. Mm-hmm. Like being in Chicago this weekend, 33 shot. I mean, that, that sends up all sorts of red flags for people that listen to the no agenda program, at least. Yeah. But that was over a 48 hour, hour period. Now LA, you know, is kind of getting sick and tired of living in Chicago shades. So, you know, on Saturday, some <laughs> guy flipped out and took out 10 in about three seconds. So we're now, we're now up there right behind Uvalde on the, uh, you know, the more recent uh, psycho mass, mass killings. Trying to there. equal everything out. That's it. You can't make Chicago always the bad guy. No, no. Somebody's got to be able to come in there strong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes. and, and also shattering the, uh, the prototypical uh, white early 20s incel sexually tortured a uh, uh, mass murderer, mass shooter guy. This this dude was, I think, Chinese Whoa. and 72 years old. Re- okay, so see, that? that I didn't see. 72? Yes, 72. Mm-hmm. So are people just getting to an age now to where they're like, yeah, my life's pretty much over, so... Well, they said, you know, from what I read, that he was, he was uh, you know, he, 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 you know, I guess had a war with his wife. I think he was divorced from her from some time, but he was, he was really into dance. And apparently this was some type of a, <laughs> a dance hall where he, he did his thing. And uh, people said he'd get pissed off. He'd dance with them. And then if they took a wrong step, he'd get very agitated and so forth. And, but I so, thought dancers, yeah. when they get mad, they have dance-offs. What's this bringing weapons I, into this? What is it? Yeah. But then, see, he, was, he did sort of adhere to the... Um, the script when he made his getaway in a white cargo van, which, as we know, <laughs> is always the choice. That's actually not so much like psycho shooters. It's just more like psycho serial killers. But it's kind of still in the same vein. And yeah, he blew his is, own brains out in that in that van. Yeah, well, that's one way to go, I guess. Yeah, he's wearing a very funny hat. I did, too. And I'm tired of the and it seems to have dropped off a little now, but the coverage of the guy that killed the four people in. I, Iowa was it? No, um, uh, Idaho. Idaho. Yes, close. Yeah. Iowa, Idaho. Yeah, it's another I state. That uh, oh well, that's it's very possible. This is a serial killer who has killed me. It's like really, just get the news and then stop the speculating. Nobody needs sure. the nonstop speculating unless you have yeah. some kind of evidence. Because like, well, did he drop the sheath of the knife as a calling card? Has this yeah. has he done this before? It's like, well, wouldn't you know if there had been multiple sheaths found it? Yeah, but see, they, they don't give a fuck about him because the, the, the legacy media is so happy. He and his knife are off the front page and not now on as a 72-year-old guy with some type of a... Is that what they're calling is it a... They're calling it a semi-automatic assault pistol. Right. That he had. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, Which I'm not up on my ordinance gun. anymore, but I think they said he, he was, it was, uh, you've even heard of a brand. I think it was Colby. Does that ring any bells to you? I've never heard of that. No, I've but never heard of a Colby. It doesn't mean it doesn't Colby. exist. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it was a Colby assault pistol, which I have no idea. 
what that is, but that's what they're saying. That's what they're calling him now. So, well, anything that can fire a bullet without reloading is a semi-automatic. So, yeah, we know that means every gun made in the last 50, 60, 70 years, maybe more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it just doesn't matter because any, any, any weapon is an assault thing, isn't it? As you said, it's an assault baseball bat. In fact, one of the funniest murders years ago in LA, this was so funny. Um, it was one of these May, December things. Some broad married some guy who was like 85 and I think she was in her mid fifties and they got in some kind of a beef over breakfast. And so she killed him with a coffee mug. <laughs> it was a fucking assault mug, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. Pow. She's clocked. It must've been a hell of a mug and she took a good swing and lights out for him. Yeah. So. I have a few really heavy <laughs> mugs. I could see that you could kill somebody with them. Hell yeah. Yes. So is it fair that we should keep selling those mugs? I think we should get those off the shelves as fast as possible. I think you need to turn in that Doctor Who mug I sent you a few years ago. Yeah, this thing is sitting right here uh, next to the desk. That could kill somebody. Easily. Because there's extra stuff on the inside, so that's even better. (laughs) What is it? Was it like a, was it a phone booth on the inside? Yes, that's the the vehicle of Doctor Who is an old uh, police box, which looks like the phone booth, but it's an old police box that. just appears it's always in london it's really weird it's always in england it's usually london it's not like they don't have a big budget to go anywhere else in the universe yeah so did uh, bill and ted rip off doctor who with george uh carlin time traveling in a phone booth pretty much yeah yeah they had it first i figured yeah that's doctor who like the longest running sci-fi series in the history of the planet i mean it's been going now over 60 years and i know they Holy took a, they, shit. there were some wow. breaks taken but yeah there was uh there's been a doctor who for a long long time only recently though could it be a woman because that's that's new yeah is she good looking not really no. and to be fair i didn't really watch since that i kind of go eh, it doesn't exist so it kind of ended for me but now they're back to another guy so we'll see so is that where Daltrey and, uh, and Townsend got the idea for their band from Doctor Who? Where Maybe. The, the, who, the musical Who? When you asked if she was hot, Bemrose in the uh, Troll Room answered, she's English, Larry. So that. <laughs> just, <laughs> now, wait a minute. Right. Hang are, on. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The, uh, what's her name? The former Mrs. Hugh Grant. Uh, what was her name? Uh, come on. You know who she is. Elizabeth uh, yeah, the Hurley. Actress. Yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hurley. Hurley. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, you watch her and be dazzled. Jesus. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just criminal how hot she was. There are. She, she still is. You see a lot of pictures or she's in her fifties now and she's still got quite a body on her. Boom. There yeah. are some hot British chicks. I'll give you that. Maybe not a high percentage. Yeah. But there are some hot British chicks that you can't have everything. No, you can't. You can try to be good at everything. And I pull this out. I don't know why I missed this. When uh, this was originally released about a month ago, but I had to pull this one, especially with CSB bitching about my shouty voice. Yeah, he's really sick of your shouty voice. I, I mean, this, this, is kind of, this has become a thing. I mean, this comes up every few months. So it's clearly this is this issue has not been resolved. Yes. He wants me to speak more NPR ish, I guess. No, what you need to do is start listening 24 seven to Mel fucking Torme. Oh, the velvet fog. Just be him. Yes. Be very melodic. And CSB will love you then. But this is about, uh, (laughs) you know, trying to be perfect at your craft. This is our buddy from 
the podcasted channel and the Bandrew Says podcast. How you doing, Bandrew? If you're listening, this is him talking about being good at stuff and how he's not. With radio, with with radio, I don't do radio. (laughs) With podcasting, sure, I may listen to somebody like Mike Delgadio and think, oh my gosh, listen to that voice, that inherent talent that he was born with. I will never be Mike Delgadio. I will never have a voice like Mike Delgadio. And that's fine. I may listen to Larry from that Larry show and say, oh my gosh, listen to that sonorous voice. I will never have that voice. And do you know what? That's okay. Why am I whispering like Joe Biden? I don't know. But that is fine. Vaccinate. Right. Oh man, that I fucking love that guy. He's just the greatest. What I think can't you get should, enough, can't get me enough, Bandrew, man. He's so cool. What you've got to do because he does a little intro for every show. Yeah. I think you should, and he could just lip sync it. You should do a little thing for him, like you know, hey, welcome to the Banjo Says podcast. I've been working on some vocal exercises. Can you tell a difference? And you say it, and he can just lip sync it, and that That's would be a great idea. If he wants to do it, I'm I'm totally on it. I'm, that would be I'm, awesome. I'm, yeah. It would be fun. Like, why is he? Why is he whispering? We don't know. Yeah, it's fine that you aren't going to be the greatest. It's fine that I am not going to be the greatest. It is fine that I have my limitations, and I will continue to try to improve upon them. But all he wants to be is the sonorous voice that you bring to the table. But he puts out good stuff. We like Bandrew. He sure does, man. He is. He's the guy. He's the man. He's funny when he always like, he's always claiming that he doesn't know what he's doing, but I, I think he knows oh. more than uh, most people. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. he's a musician. I mean, he could watch. He has a very channel. Good musician. I've seen him. I've seen him, you know, hitting that ax and he's very good. Yeah. He played in a band at one point that uh, did some gigs and he told a story. This was maybe on that same episode where. He had a $1,000 Gibson, whatever it was, and there was some water on the stage that caused him to fall and snap the neck off the guitar. (laughs) And he's like, so I went all rock and roll and smashed it, but then was really upset that I didn't have another $1,000 to go buy another one. Damn. Yeah, we see those big rock stars. You're like, what are you doing? Why are you smashing that? I can remember as a kid seeing, you know, the stuff with the who, the, you know, Townsend smashing his guitars and stuff. And, you know, in my, in my brain, I had, I had no concept of the, the, the kind of elephant bucks those guys were knocking down. Right. And I'm thinking, holy shit, that guitar, whatever the fuck it was, that cost a lot of jing. I mean, he does it every concert. He, 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 he must be operating at a loss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was the cost of doing business, you know? <laughs> right. It's not like they were like uh, swapping in a $300 cheapo no. either. No. I had a buddy uh, years ago who uh, he was a he was a roadie for uh, Janice and Big Brother and Holding Company, and he'd been kicking around the music industry for a long time. He I think he signed Boston when he was a, a record guy, and um, but as a kid, he was uh, maybe somewhere might have been the Fillmore West, and uh, saw Hendrix, and Jimmy smashed his Strat. And then uh, when he came off the stage, he handed it to him. And my friend just tossed it in the dumpster. (laughs) Wow. If he'd fucking held on to that, he could have retired, you know, very comfortably. Yeah. Oh, easily. I don't know if I've ever seen a smashed Hendrix guitar up, but I'm guessing 
if you had the the provenance mm-hmm. right that easily at this point six figures oh, yeah. possibly seven yes especially yes. if it was from a famous gig that you know there's mm-hmm. a few of these that still float around that have been bootlegged that were the yeah you know the famous time he because there had to be a first time that he smashed and lit a guitar on fire on stage yes yes and if like that if that was the guitar oh that's like rock right. and roll history one of these card oh, companies yeah. right now would have paid you a billion dollars so they could cut it into a bunch of little squares and put them on cards and yeah and put them out you're right See, you never know what's going to be worth anything. You're like, you ah. Know. By the way, you should know that um, if you hear some extraneous noise, the, I think the house may blow down today. The winds Whoa. are screaming through the canyon here. It probably, the, you know, it's probably consistently in the mid 30s, but the gusts are definitely cranking at 70 miles an hour. So it's pretty, it's blowing. Is this this uh, yearly phenomenon you get there? The uh, no, the, the Santa Ana's are typically, they come in the fall and, you know, in most my, LA being so crazily fucked up in, mo- in most coastal States, the wind comes from the ocean and hits the land. But in LA in the fall, the wind comes out of the desert and blows to the ocean. So I don't, I don't think these are them, but it could be, I mean, I'm not a meteorologist, but, um, it's, it's very, it's making a lot of noise besides making the house creak and so forth. It's a little disconcerting, right? When you're like, how strong is this house? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's pretty old. So I guess it's withstood a lot of. Right. Or it's just weakened enough where. There you go. There you go. That's the, that's the Irish side of it. God, you're like, that's, you're such a fucking <laughs> mick. God. It's like, it's like, what do they call the, the Irish version of Alzheimer's? They only forget the good times. Probably. <laughs> I don't think we remember the bad times. I forget the right punchline, but it's one or the other. This can go horribly wrong at any given time. No question about it. But I pulled a couple of clips. Bill Gates and Al Gore, because it seemed like uh, the global warming thing is back in the, with the Davos. Wait a minute. It's it's global warming? It's not climate change anymore? Well, they say it's climate change. Oh, okay. But I always say it's global warming. and Yes. I don't, well, it, it it was global cooling at one point. Yes, it was. Then it was global warming. But this is uh, Anderson Cooper uh-huh. daring to ask Bill Gates the question, which I give him credit for, which is, you know, you fly in a lot of private planes and have a really big carbon mm-hmm. footprint. Mm-hmm. These kind of guys don't like being challenged no. by the likes of mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper. No. But this is not cold acid, even though it sounds exactly like cold acid from Iran counter. This is Bill Gates. Are you the right messenger on this? Because you fly private planes a lot and you're creating a lot of greenhouse gases yourself. Yeah, I probably have one of the highest greenhouse gas footprints of anyone on the planet. You know, my my personal flying uh, alone is gigantic. Now, I'm spending quite a bit uh, to buy aviation fuel uh, that was made with plants. You know, I switched to an electric car. I've used solar panels. I'm paying a company that actually, at a very high price, can pull a bit of carbon out of the air and stick it underground. And so I'm offsetting my personal emissions. Okay, two questions. Has anybody ever heard of jet fuel that's made out of plants because i never have i mean it probably exists 
but I'm unaware. Is, unless they've changed it forever, it's been kerosene is what it is. So it's like it's this is some kind of jet fuel made out of plants. Mm. And of course, it is exactly what was brought up in the troll room by do the one. Oh, carbon credits. That's what the rich people all talk about. Well, yeah, I mean, it's such a bullshit play. It's exactly like, uh, you know, rich, debauched, uh, evil fucks in Europe in the Middle Ages buying their uh, indulgences to buy their, their way out of heaven. You know, right. mass murderers and pedophiles and all types of evil shit. But you know, Mother Church would say, I, you know what? Just lay a few ducats on me. We can take care of that. You're good to go. Yeah, Same we can wipe that out. Yeah. Well, that's what this. Uh, well, I'm paying this company a lot of money yeah. who takes a little bit of carbon out of the air and then mm-hmm. buries it in the ground. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, how does that work? How the fuck do you do that? I don't so, know. So, now you're, so you remove the pollution from the atmosphere and then put it in the, in the ground. Because if you bury, you can't just bury gas, Bill. You got to put it in something, don't you? Yes, you do. And then what if that breaks? Or how do, what if that gets back into the atmosphere? Right. Exactly. It doesn't sound safe. But everybody wants to have an excuse for when they want to tell you how to live. Mm-hmm while they're jetting around in their private planes there was a story and it was hard to clip so i didn't actually pull anything this was off of sky news although they're always fun to watch Mm. talking about the shortest flight to get to davos allegedly for one of the planes was 13 miles and it's like holy shit (laughs) so hang on a second just before you go there yeah i just want to follow up a little bit on billy yeah right did he not say that that uh, sort of uh, explanation with no small measure of pride? I have one of the biggest carbon footprints on the planet. I mean, right? Yeah. It's like it's almost like you want to say he was going to follow up with you bigger than Buffett's, bigger than Arab oil shakes, bigger than Musk. You know, I'm I'm the big swinging dick in carbon footprints, right? It, I kind of felt that subtext as he was speaking. Did you? Well, yeah, when you're, I, I think all of these guys enjoy, and I'm, if I was on the list of like the top 10, 20 most rich people in the world, I would probably brag about it too. Okay. I think they find it hard not to, you know, he's like, well, I understand. I have the biggest carbon footprint around because, you know, I'm, I'm Bill so important. Gates. I'm so fucking busy. Exactly. Bill. I'm Bill fucking Gates and I got to go from point A to point B. And I'm not doing it in a Tesla because that other guy, he's an asshole. So I got a private plane and that's a big. He did say he had an electric car, didn't he? I wonder which, uh, what, what make. Probably a Tesla would be my guess. Probably is. Which is why he didn't say what brand. Yes. I'll bet you're right. Yes. I don't think he's going down in like a Chevy Volt or something no, like that. No. It's not a <laughs> Nissan Leaf. I don't think so. No. I guess as part of this same 60 Minutes interview, which is what this was taken from our buddy NetNet okay. in the troll room says Bill Gates was talking about a company he invested in that puts CO2 into concrete. So that seems like more magical science stuff. It sure does. So I don't know. Mm. I don't know if uh, how much of this actually helps for him to go and overspend for a plant-based jet fuel. I don't know if that really makes flying the plane any less harmful as far as the emissions go yeah you know this concept too of and it, I, we've talked about this i know specifically on the show which was when we were growing up 
the big fear that they used was we only have so much resources when it comes to all of these fossil fuels and we're going to run out. Yes. Well, one, we haven't run out. And two, they stopped saying that. Why? Why did they stop saying that? Because I'm assuming that means we have way more than we could possibly use at this point for another, you know, hundred thousand, whatever it is, years. Mm. That would just yeah. be my guess, because that was always the thing, which is we need something to replace the fossil fuels because it's going to disappear. Sure. We've reached peak oil. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. The other one that they were flogging really hard when I was a kid was the hole in the ozone. Right. Whoa, right. Whoa. You couldn't have hairspray. Exactly. No hairspray, no antifreeze. Um, refrigerants, they had to you know, switch it all out to stuff that cost a, a multiple of what uh, Freon was. And um, you don't hear that anymore. And somehow that fucking hole in the ozone, it's like they should figure that out for the hair loss companies. How do right. they you know, manage to regrow that? Because it was the, the earth was going ozone bald, according right. to them. Right. But and that closed we don't up. hear about that anymore. Nope. That closed up somehow magically. Yeah. How'd they do that? It's always a new scam. It's always a new con. It is always new fear porn. And that is exactly what we got from the former vice president of the United States who said he won the election. He was an election. He was an election denier before it was cool. Yes, but he was such a gentleman. Don't you remember, Darren? (laughs) For the good of the country, he said no lo contare. You know, for the short term, that was true. He, mm. it got to the point to where he realized if it went on any longer, that it would be detrimental to the country. And I will give Al Gore credit for giving in and conceding at that point. But then he ruined all of that for like the next however many years saying that he should have won that election. Yes. You can't have it both ways. He, he For a moment, it looked like he had the grace to be like, okay, I get it. The system maybe failed me, but I'm the country is yeah. more important than any one person. Yes. Which is exactly what they're blaming Trump of. But then they ignore the fact that Al Gore still says he won his election and Hillary Clinton says she won her election. And it's yeah. the hypocrisy. But Al, he's crazy. <laughs> I mean, the. Things that he has said over the years, like a lot of climate alarmists that just hasn't come true, but he's doubling down. This is him from Davos and he's on stage and he's trying to save the world. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. I think we have to stop there. Oh, yeah. 600,000 Hiroshima-strength bombs exploding every day. That's how much we're doing by releasing fossil fuels into the atmosphere Mm -hmm. that seems that seems a little excessive i mean the hiroshima bomb i mean i wasn't around for that but it wasn't a little bomb no um but you know it's like you gotta you gotta trust the science darren and uh you know when when al came out with uh an inconvenient truth and all his hockey stick charts and stuff he had to trust those too 
So you got to stop doubting him because he's an expert, you know. He's a lifetime politician, which makes him an expert at everything. Who has everything. made millions of dollars. Oh, on let me tell you how many, let me tell you how many millions he's made. When he left office, I distinctly remember reading that his net worth, when he checked out as VP under Bill, his net worth was 850 grand, right? I thought, eh, it's okay. I mean, it's now right. that sounds somebody. like somebody that actually worked for the people. Yes. Yeah. And made some smart investments, whatever, you know, and this was what, when did he, was it 90, when the fuck did uh, Clinton and he uh, vacate uh, DC? Was it, was it 92, uh, when, 94? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say it was 94 or 90, was it 98? Might've been 98. Anyway, um, it didn't seem excessive. And the last time I checked, his net worth was estimated to be north of 300 million. Wow. We are, we are both wrong. He was 93 to 2001. See, I'm horrible with dates. Okay. I suck with dates. Okay. So thank you whoever gave it. Maybe you looked it up because you're very quick. Yes. Um, okay. So 2001. So, so somehow he, he, he ratcheted 850 grand into 300 million. Not bad. I want him to teach me that trick. It's called scamming people. Yeah. So we're putting out a lot of energy as much as 600,000 yeah. Hiroshima bombs a day. And as it's mm-hmm. being pointed out in the troll room, that's up from 400,000 in the past. So his numbers keep yes. going up. Yes. I heard the, the boys had that and they, and, and they tracked it back to when it started at four, then a few years, then in 2018, he said it was 500,000 and now he's up to 600,000. So I guess, you know, it's keeping pace with inflation and the right. population growth. So escalate. So we have to again, escalate. So that's why you must believe. If you, you didn't believe, believe before, you have to realize it's getting worse. Yes. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers. Yes. Okay. Has anybody seen an ocean boiling? <laughs> I don't know. Man. The fucking boiling. I love that. The bo- Which means we all get a, a, you know, a monumental fish fry, don't we? I mean, hey, I'm yes. good with that. Yeah. I mean, really? So that would be if oceans are actually boiling, then yes. the animals in the oceans, the living creatures would be dead. It'd be easy to make a nice cup of tea. You just take the water right out and put a tea bag yeah. in. Yes. This is the kind of extremist talk that people then one on the mainstream news and two that these leaders in air quotes in Davos are just, Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and the Goracle is not so stupid that he does not know that using a phrase like boiling the oceans is going to resonate with millions of mouth breathers. Right. We can't yeah, have knows. that. Because I mean, even the most simplest person would go, wait, an ocean that's boiling, that seems bad, yeah. right? Yes. And the rain bombs. Oh, rain bombs. Rain bombs. What is a rain bomb? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Again. It's like a bomb cyclone, I guess. But yes. Rainier or something. I fucking but nobody ever talks about the fact that the planet has gone through phases and stages yeah. in the past. So this concept that you can look at the temperature, mm. however, they're gathering this from multiple places on the planet and saying, as Al has, you know, the planet has a temperature. Mm. You have to take into effect that there are different phases and stages this isn't like the earth had always been at one temperature and now it's heating up 
It's not a person who it's like, well, okay, if your temperature hits a hundred, well, that's high. Yeah. That isn't necessarily indicative of a problem when the temperature goes up or down on the earth. It is just part of the universe. Yes. And sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach. Stop. I challenge anyone within the sound of my voice to grab a tumbler, put water in it, throw in some ice, mark the side of the glass at the level of that water, and after the ice melts, see if it's any higher. It won't be. This is true. Because, you know, physics. Physics. Which hell doesn't understand. No. Well, he understands, but he he doesn't. You know, these people, they know, but they don't give a fuck. They like to lie. They like to. And now he's bringing up the refugees because, of course, (laughs) all of the people that are trying to get into the United States and elsewhere. I mean, he's not leaving out the UK and Ireland and all the other places over in Europe that are having major problems with immigration. Mm -hmm. But now we're to believe that all of these people are just leaving their homes because of man-made global warming. That's what's causing their original area of inhabitants to be non-inhabitable at this point. Mm -hmm. Don't believe it. Climate refugees predicted to reach 1 billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia. Stop. Stop. See, the guy's good. He is a fairly gifted politician. Right. Oh, he is he, very he, gifted. He did a kind of a blues roll in his throat. He said, one billion, a billion. <laughs> We're moving up. Billions. It's getting worse. Yeah. He could have been a little bit of a preacher bit going on in there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the best con men. I mean, you go back and I used to love watching old Westerns and you go back to the con men of that day and they were the medicine men you know they were the ones that were rolling around and they were trying to sell a product and they were telling you how everything was going to fix everything the right neuralgia you'll have better oh you you'll love it yes well that's what al's doing just in the opposite direction he's giving you the doom and gloom of what's going to happen if you don't buy his product Mm -hmm. and this concept that the amount of refugees is going to go up exponentially. Yes. It's like, um, don't really buy it. No. And political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance. We would lose our capacity for self-governance. If we what don't fix mean? this, yeah, I don't what know. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I think he means possibly that the country would be overrun and everything well, would minute. fall apart, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so, so all, all climate refugees will come to the U S aren't there other nice, but I mean, you, I like France. I've, I've been a few other countries. Some of them are pretty nice. And why are they going to come here? And why would it ruin the ability for self-governance? Are all these people that are coming in horrible people who would, destroy the government because or maybe that, the, yeah for that i, I would know. say build a wall <laughs> no 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 that's no, hateful no. i know yes let me hear that again from just yes. a few million refugees what about a billion we would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world we have to act greta thunberg was just arrested in germany <laughs> uh-huh. 
We have to act. <laughs> we have to act now. Operators are standing by. Um, he, uh, he said we would lose the capacity of self-governance in the world. So I guess he does mean the entire planet, not just the U.S. Well, Which, right. I don't know how this America. breaks down that way. I don't fucking know. But I thought this was funny because he just mentions here that Greta got arrested and he believes. Dude, why, that, I didn't hear that. Why did she get arrested? At some violent protest, allegedly. Mm-hmm. I didn't see how violent it was, but let me mm-hmm. let me play Al. Because then I also have Greta, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, good. To act. Greta Thunberg was just arrested in Germany. I agree with her uh, efforts to stop that uh, coal mine in Germany. When climate activists around the world, and I'm partly speaking for them right here on this stage. See, Al Guy is now speaking for climate activists all around the world. And he is. But is that really who you're going to trust then? Did they appoint him? I don't know. Is there a vote or a petition that Al's the man? He's see, the mouthpiece? See, I would think not because... I'm not so sure. Because he's kind of in the Gates League. Guy's got fleets of fucking SUVs, multiple homes around the country. He, he flies private jets all the time. He's, he's, he's just little Bill, really. Yeah, and it came out a couple of years ago just how much electric and gas his little homestead in the Nashville area took. Oh, yeah. It was like that of the square feet that house is yeah, 10, it was, something, it was something like it's equal to 20 of the normal sized homes in the neighborhood is what he was yeah. using. Sure. Again, a little hypocritical, Al, if you believe this stuff. And this is the funny thing when it comes down to people like Bill Gates and yeah. Al Gore. If you really believe this stuff, you would be living in a completely different way. Yes. And this would be the reality of. Actions speak louder than words, because if I saw Al Gore or Bill Gates living in a tiny home or at least in a home the size of mine, which is compared to Bill Gates's home, a tiny home, mm. I'd be like, well, he's putting his money where his mouth is. Right. He's not wasting resources. But no, mm. you see these homes, although it's funny because it seems to be getting harder and harder for the multi-million dollar homes to sell you know, Michael Jordan's had one here in the Chicago area that has been for sale for like 15 years. Really? Nobody wants it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I mean, one he is probably. Needs to, he needs to just wrap it in Kevlar. It'll sell in a day. Maybe. You know, he, it's got its own little basketball court. They were giving away. Mm. They were at least trying to give away a whole set of like Air Jordans or something as part of a bonus. <laughs> free, buy, buy a mansion, free shoes. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was great. You know, Uh, if you had the money, it'd be a nice little house. But, uh, you know, the whole thing with the Jordan house was that everything was Michael Jordan or 23, which was his main number based. And there was so much in the house that was custom made for him that I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, that's just way too much work to remove to make it because yeah. rich people want it to be their home. Not like, you know, sure. I bought, see for me, it would be cool to be like, yeah, this used to be Michael Jordan's house. Cause I'm a schmuck, you know, I'm mm. a podcaster, but if I was like Bill Gates, I'd be like, fuck, I don't want Michael Jordan's house. Yeah, but you're almost his size. So maybe the ceilings were higher and True. like that. That would know. be nice. Cause I still have problems with the shower heads and stuff being I'm too sure low. How, how tall was Jordan? Same size, six five, six six, right okay. in there. When I met yeah. him, we were right about the same height. Now he had a little more athletic ability, mind you. Okay, 
but he was a nice guy. Signed some autographs. He seems like a nice guy who uh, he does. He he always seems, uh, you know, he's he's never seems like a chooch. He always seems like a good guy. Yes. And I was surprised he is into auto racing. We talked about the fact that he bought the team because it was a rumor that somebody started. And uh, yeah. the NASCAR guy's like, well, uh, this is the rumor. And he's like, well, do you want to make it true? I mean, that's fine. I got I got cash. I love having that kind of cash. It would be so much fun to have that kind of cash. I was like, Larry, you want to go buy an NFL team? What do you think? That would be. No. <laughs> like NHL. I'd rather buy a yacht, but okay. Yeah. So you well, insist. That's right. You have to, well, if you buy one, you can make some extra money. All right. For the yacht, but the yacht, it's better because you have such a then carbon footprint there. You're going way up. That's what I want. The biggest. I want you, to pollute. you want to be the biggest carbon footprinter <laughs> in the world. See, that is something to to try to yeah. have a goal for. Yes. In fact, even if my yacht was nuclear powered, I would install Titanic like smokestacks and just burn coal fires for the fuck of it. <laughs> because you because can steam around uh-huh. as I can. Exactly. It looked like one of them old uh, steamers going down the river. Yep. Let's see what else Al had in these last 15 seconds of his insane rant. I will not say unhinged. I hope I never say unhinged. That word is annoying no, me the more I see I it. I agree. I agree. It's like, what does that mean? Unhinged. Un- unhinged. That's the new word, which rides, rhymes with another word I never use. And I don't like, which is cringe and cringy and cringeworthy. I don't say that shit. Yes. It, it's so cringe when they said yeah. that. Yeah. I heard that the other day and it was a show that I just found which has been around, I think it's in its fifth season, which it's called The Neighborhood, which it's a uh, produced and stars in it is Cedric the Entertainer, who is a very funny guy. Yes, he is. And the uh, the guy that played Schmidt from New Girl, he's been in a few other things. He was in uh, the, uh, um, the the girl show with, that she was the uh, Veronica Mars. He was in that as well. But he's the and the the blonde that was in the show two uh, two broke girls where they were the waitresses and it only lasted a couple of years. Some people may have seen that or not, but they move in as like the only white family in a black neighborhood, and it's actually done really well. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. It does not come off as woke, which one would think this would be the the perfect time to do it. One would think, but. It comes across as honest. So, yes, there is some the black people have a harder time than the white people with certain things. But it is a really interesting thing to then have the storyline being, well, there's a lot of people that didn't want the white people in their neighborhood. Now, so it's and it's being looked at from a completely different point of view. Hmm. And it's funny, which is also if you're going to. If you're going to, that's key, right? If you're going to push something on me where you want me to learn something, if you make it funny, that would be the way to go. But Cedric's hilarious. He is an absolutely hilarious guy. They went in to a uh, golf club. They're like, oh, we got two free tickets, you know? So they went and they golfed and then they go to try to have a meal afterwards. And Cedric goes up and he asks for a table and they're like, oh, well, that'll be, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And the white guy comes back out of the bathroom and he's like, why don't you go see uh, if you can get a table? So the white guy goes up and asks for a table. And they're like, oh, it'll be like 30 or 45 minutes. And he comes back and he's like, you see, I told you there's no racism here. And then all of a sudden they're calling the white guy's name immediately. 
That sounds like a Larry David bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like, but it's, it's okay. You're getting a point across and you're making it funny. Yeah. Unlike Al Gore, who's not getting a point across. And he just sounds like he's frothing at the mouth. Yes. Have come to the conclusion that the people in authority are not doing their job. There's a lot of blah, 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 as Greta says. There are a lot of words and there are some meaningful commitments, but we are still failing badly. So, Al, things were failing badly. Failing badly. Well, he's not at 300 million with no. mansions and jets. He's doing just fine. He's doing <laughs> okay. He should be buying carbon offsets for all of us that can't afford them. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to take a quick detour here for a and do some cross-promotion. A little, little story that uh, might amuse some folks out there. Um, some years ago when I was uh, cranking out books, um, my agent said, why don't you do something on all this uh, climate change shit? Oh, right. The one that didn't get published. Yeah. So I, so I, so I wrote this book. And uh, then uh, when it came down to the handoff point, which is you hand me the check and I hand you the manuscript and away we go, you know, along with that, is, of course, is a contract. And right. in every other book deal I ever had, there's a standard thing called an E&O, errors and omissions insurance, which basically indemnifies you against lawsuit. Well, not entirely that. It's more like what, what they do is, you know, publishers need, need a lot of that shit as opposed to individual authors, unless they're really big time. And I always had, you know, what they do is they say, yeah, we'll, we'll add your name to our E&O policy for the duration of this publication, whatever. So, somebody, so if someone sues, we're all in this together. Okay, that's fair. So I, I looked at the contract and I called this agent. I said, agent, I said, where the fuck is the E&O clause? Oh, I don't know. I'll look into that, you know. So he calls a publisher and they get back and say, yeah, we're going to, um, he can, he can, we'll include him. But on our on our insurance policy, but if 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 there's this lawsuit, he has to pay the deductible. <laughs> well, like, which is <laughs> what's the <laughs> right. deductible? A quarter million bucks. Whoa, whoa, fuck you! You know, I still intend to sue this outfit because they really they 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 fucking goon me, and I had other things, a lot of other shit going on in my, in my life at that time. I didn't didn't have the time to uh, to get into it, but they were scumbags, and um, so I still have that. And when I wrote that book, when I got into it, I went into it with a pretty open mind, okay? And, the, and it's, it took me a long time to put it together, a better part of a year. A lot of research. It was actually a very funny book. It was a graphics rich, a lot of photography in it and stuff. And it, was, it, was, it turned out to be kind of a satire. It was called Recycle This. Yes. And the more I dug into this, all roads led back to Al Gore. If you would go to whatever the fuck website you went to, you were never more than three or four clicks from Al Gore's carbon credit garage sale. And they didn't want you okay. telling that story, yes. even in a satirical yes. way. Exactly. And, the, and they got back to me and they said, the agent said, well, they said, you know, that these guys, Gore and so forth, are highly litigious. They usually do afford authors, uh, you know, uh, policy protection. But in this case, because they are so fucking litigious, you're on your own. So that book, um, if anybody's interested, I converted it to a PDF. There's actually audio files embedded within it because the, the, the narrator that takes it through is a, is a guy named Johnny Glowskull, who uh, <laughs> yes. is a skull, and he has the, uh, the uh, fallout shelter uh, or you know, nuclear waste uh, logo tattooed to his fucking head. And it's pretty funny. And um, it, the, actually, I changed the title. I think it's called You've Been Gored from Recycle This. You've Been Gored is what it's called now. And you can find that at Patreon.com. And if you become a $5 member, um, it's yours to have and hold forever, as well as opening up the gates to over 40 other fantastic uh, 
uh, bonus episodes. So I'll stop talking. Yes, with your sonorous voice. Yes, the one that Bandrew thinks is uh, worthwhile. <laughs> Except Johnny's, he's not really, Johnny's more like this. He's kind of <laughs> like Uncle Charlie from uh, My Three Sons. Oh, I loved Uncle Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Ghost Skulls kind of sounds like, and looks like Uncle Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't make television shows like that anymore, I'll tell you that. No. But a quarter million dollars. Quarter million dollars. I was hanging out by myself like, fuck you. Now, what would a book like that normally be making an author? If if the quarter, if you have to pay a quarter million bucks, if you get sued, it's like, I don't, I mean, I know books make money, but that seems like. Not uh, that kind of money. No, 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 no. (laughs) So it's like. Unless the name King is on the cover, you know, Clancy, something like that. No. Right. You're like, well, you could maybe make a hundred, two hundred thousand, but if somebody sues you, you're going to lose all that and more and more. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole handoff thing just sounded totally like a drug deal on the South side of Chicago where it's like, I bring my drugs. You bring they your kind money. Of are. You know, it's, it's all done via phone and, and internet, but it's basically the same premise. Yeah. So. Well, at least now authors can put out their work without having a middleman. Yes. Yeah. Although I probably it, should. Knock, knock that thing on Amazon. I really should. What the fuck? Why not? Yeah, could get Gore's, you Gore's almost dead. And, and there's so many people that hate him so much more than I do. He's got, I mean, I bet I'd be last in line for the lawsuits from Al at this, at this stage of the game. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, then the pecking order, you'd be a little bit further down the line. Yeah. Depending just how litigious. He may have people just looking for mentions of his name anywhere. Yeah. In going out and trying to uh, to stop any of that. But. You know, that was Al, and I do have a clip of Hannity that was basically responding to all of that. But before we Davos, yes, of what he just said in Davos. All right. But I also have the Greta clip since he mentioned Greta. Mm -hmm. Greta's still around, and Greta, as she ages, is not looking any different, which is very weird. Very weird. But she's still speaking out, but she's pointing the finger at those in davos which would include al gore so i don't know <laughs> if she's they feeling on their own don't they yes, yeah they do. i don't think she's feeling the al gore love huh. basically the people who are f- mostly fueling the destruction of the planet the people who are at the very core of the climate crisis the people who are investing in fossil fuels etc etc and um, and yet somehow these are the people that we seem to rely on solving our problems when they have proven time and time again that they are not prioritizing that. They are prioritizing self, self-greed, self corporate greed, um, and short-term economic profits above people and above planets. Right now, the changes that we need are not um, very likely to come from from the inside. Rather, I believe they will come from, from the bottom up, so to speak. Um, because without public pressure without massive public pressure from the outside at least in my experience and these people are going to go as far far as they possibly can as long as they can get away with it they will continue to invest in fossil fuels they will continue to to throw people under the bus for their own gain is that a a propane powered bus i hope maybe (laughs) but again no that's bad too it's got to be electric hey Uh wait a minute did you hear her say in my experience how old is she again she is now. I think she's maybe like 16, 18, somewhere around there. In my experience uh-huh. yeah. from what she has seen, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, none of these folks have any answers for what do you have to plug in to change this? I mean, it's great they if don't. you come in and say, 
you know, let's just stick with one thing. Gasoline is bad. Okay. What do you have ready to go that can replace it? And if your answer is nothing, then there is still going to be people using gasoline. Yeah, but their answer is nothing because they don't want people driving cars. They want everybody to, you know, turn back the hands of time to the middle ages, smudge pots, you know, and and grass huts, and that'll make them happy. Hey, what is, here's a question. Is that, is, is she in school or does she have a job? Obviously this is her job, right? Yes. I I think her parents are activists and I think she's been self homeschooled and this is basically Uh. her gig. This is her gig. And how does, and I'd love to know, does, I mean, obviously she's not doing this just for, you know, cause she likes the cameras. Who's paying her for what? Speaking engagements or what, what's her source of income? And I'm telling you, and sir, Omaha and NetNet immediately are like, she's 20. You guys are following Greta way too closely. Okay. 20. All right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so uh, this has, she has, to, I'm sure she's got some kind of foundation. Mm. She's probably like Al Gore and making money, even though she's telling us how bad this is. She's probably profiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a, since you guys know so much in the troll room, trollroom.io, when we do these shows live on Mondays at 1 p.m. I what, thought that Greta had been sidelined by that hot looking blonde babe who was uh, much easier on the eyes and she was also probably. a climate warrior, right? What happened to her? Why are so we even hearing back. Greta anymore? What happened to Hottie? Where did, where's she? I don't know. Al Gore mentioned Greta, so maybe maybe mm. Greta and Al got something going where they're trying to to push the same scams. Yeah. Although the, she didn't seem to be happy, you know, when you say all the people in Davos are the problem, it's like this is also the problem with the total extremists is that they don't understand any kind of logic and will never give anything. It's like, no, no, that's bad. We can't have any kind of compromise. You know, it's not like, well, let's work on a 50 year plan or a hundred year plan to phase that out to help the planet. We have to do it today. But as you said, there is nothing to replace it today. You mean you think about it. You can't even go, well, let's go back to having a horse drawn or oxen drawn or donkey donkey drawn carriages because the methane, the methane horses fart. Right. Can't have that. I mean, they're ruining the planet too. Yeah. We can never seem to figure it out. Well, and if they really, you know, if they were really honest, Darren, they would, because uh, they love, they never throw any shit at China, which is the biggest polluter on the earth, right? Followed, followed by India, I believe, if I'm correct. Right, because those countries go, yeah, we're not really going to take part in this. Yeah, fuck you. We got we got shit to do. Uh, but it, well, the, maybe they should take a page from China. Well, I think what they really want is, and want all the underclass, namely you and me, um, pulling around the elites and rickshaws right. will be the horses, human horses. Hey, it right? would help me get into better shape. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> we will be in great shape and then we will rise up. You know, like Greta yeah, said, yeah. this is like, going to come from the the bottom up, which is such a flawed concept. Yeah. Because if you go to, you know, the poor people here in Chicago and go, well, you know, that heating your home is evil. You should stop. Do you really think those people are like, no, do you think they're going to say, I'm going to turn off my heat? No, they're going to be like, no, I want more heat. Of course. I want air conditioning in the summer. I don't want, you know, this concept that the people are so mad in the, the reality is that what you're being thrown by Greta and by Al Gore and their like is not science. It has never been proven. Even going down to the 
amount of CO2 in the air. Mm-hmm. When you look really closely, it's like, yeah, it's very hard. And the case could be made either way for the CO2 in the air is mm-hmm. causing things to heat up, which is what the people on the left want you to believe the global warming or climate change alarmists want you to believe is that the more CO2 that there is, the worse the warming is. But there are more rational scientists who are like, you know, it could be an effect that the climate is warming. And because the climate is warming, there's more CO2 in the air. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's what people, nobody ever thinks of like, oh, wait, one might not be caused by the other. And this is something that with everything we saw it in COVID, you know, we see it even with what I've been dealing with, with a little bit of a heart murmur issue. It's like, you can try to guess what's causing it, but there are sometimes you just can't come down to a clear cut reason, but but everybody wants to believe like, no, no, well, obviously this is causing this. Mm -hmm. It's like, just because the two things happen at the same time does not mean one caused the other. Yes. And Al does not have a good track record, which is the only reason I brought the Hannity clip. Cause while I don't dislike Sean Hannity, he can, he can step on my toes a little too much because he bloviates even more than I do. <laughs> but he pointed out all of the things over the years that Al Gore has claimed and how they, they didn't really happen. Yes, I want to hear this. And Al Gore actually claimed renewable energy was the cheapest form of energy. Show us the evidence. Uh, And by the way, Germany now dependent on Vladimir Putin. Hey, Al, how's that working out? There are dark corners of the Internet with more believable conspiracy theories than his. This is not Al Gore's first rodeo into bizarre land. Now, he I do like rodeo into bizarre land. Hmm. That that sounds like the best amusement park we could ever go to. I want to go there. Yeah. He's been making outlandish, outlandish predictions for many decades. For example, in the year 2000, he promoted a claim that Mount Kilimanjaro would no longer have any snow by 2010. Last time I checked, what year is this? Oh, that's right, 2023. I mean, we should have like a running scorecard of everything that he says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in 2010, he said, or in whatever, 2000, by 2010, there'll be no snow there. And it's like, well, it's 2023 and there's still snow there. That's like safe and effective. 100%, 90, 80, 70, 60, 50. Eh, just fucking take it. You might get less sick. You'll be fine. Maybe. Nothing to worry about. Fucking take this. Yeah. We can report tonight that the mountain is still very much covered in snow. You can see it right there. In 2006, he suggested that all of the glaciers in Glacier National Park would be gone by 2013. Guess what? Those glaciers, they're still right there. I mean, this is the other thing. If you're going to make these kind of predictions, mm-hmm. never do it within your lifetime. That's most wise. <laughs> Always yes. make sure it's going to be long be after you're dead that they're going to realize yeah. you were wrong. Yes. That's what a good con man does, because with any kind of real media, you don't let these charlatans get away with it, because every time he says something now, Somebody comes out with this list and be like, well, he said this here and this here. I guarantee you if Hannity was in the same room or across the desk from Gore reading those, his answer would be, yeah, that's what would have happened. But thanks to me and my book and putting restraints on all this that uh, uh, we've ameliorated those factors. So now it's not as bad as it might have been. Right. 
we saved, we, we saved or created so many jobs and, uh, you're right. It is. You can claim that those no, it didn't happen because of quick thinking, although nobody's exactly that. That means the world has done a bunch already to slow this down. Why do you keep increasing yeah. what needs to be done? You know, the greatest book written about uh, this whole bullshit um, was actually a work of fiction, but it was based on fact, which was made it very palatable, you know, because who the fuck wants to read homework? Right. This is like right? watching a television show. You want to be exactly. entertained. Correct. And so if anybody's interested, if they've not read it, I highly recommend uh, the novel by Michael Crichton, the departed Michael Crichton. He was a brilliant guy. He was a physician. He was really fucking smart. He became a screenwriter in some monstrous big movies like Jurassic Park and stuff. Um, and it was called State of Fear. And it detailed exactly how this bullshit got started with grants and the political manipulations and how it's total fucking crock of shit, climate change. And it also, you can apply those same principles right across big pharma. So many things this, you know, you read that book, you understand how the world works. Really? It's very good. Well, you certainly want, you find out where the money comes from. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> follow the money. Uh-huh. And it's like for how many of these things I remember when Obama got elected and he put a ton of money into a few different companies, Solyndra, uh-huh, and others that were all green uh-huh. energy within eight years that were bankrupt. Yeah. But you know, millions, if not billions of dollars went into them. Yeah. I don't think that Barack, did he go poor after he got no, out of the white he's house? He's doing pretty good. Uh-huh. Pretty good. Yeah. Did they put uh, windmills in front of his house in uh, Martha's vineyard? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. And they probably won't. (laughs) They could run it off, you know, if he really wanted to be green. Yeah. In 2007, Al Gore warned of a planetary emergency. The planet has a fever, he declared. In 2009, Gore said 75% of the entire polar ice cap will melt in the next five to seven years. But according to NASA, there were mass gains of the ice sheet in 2015. Make no mistake, Al Gore looks like a lunatic, acts like a lunatic, and he is a lunatic. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums that up. Yeah. But he's not alone. You might want to go back to 1975. Remember Newsweek predicted the coming ice age, the cooling world. In 1989, uh, one U.N. official told the Associated Press, quote, entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. In 1996, the New York Times reported, quote, at the most likely rate of rise, some experts are saying most of the beaches on the east coast of the united states will be gone in 25 years by 2021 wow we made it and in 2006 time magazine was claiming that the earth was at a tipping point and that we all should be very worried every year for the past 40 years has been a dire planetary emergency according to the climate alarmist cult and yet they continue to fly their private jets build their massive waterfront mansions sail to exotic locations on diesel powered mega yachts and eat exotic food and fine wine flown in from all over the world and now gore himself obviously consumes way more than he needs i like that we go off on a fat joke there you go i like it not like Hannity's a small guy but i like it yeah if you're going after al gore but that is in a nutshell why it's important to know the details yeah in a lot of 
the people that are out in this cult who buy into it don't even maybe realize that in the mid seventies, it was, Hey, we're going into a global cooling period. Oh, yeah, sure. Second ice age. That's what they called it. A second ice age is coming. But I, I tell you what, I, I like when Hannity said there was some great factoids he tossed off there, but his, his criticism of gore is way, way, way too benign. Okay. Cause when you, you hear someone termed a lunatic, you know, it's like, it's like the, the crazy man with his hair standing on end on the street corner, you know, carrying a sign screaming, the world is coming to an end, which I guess is, is gore in some way, but it's, it's, he's an evil bastard, right? He's lying. He knows he's lying. He's a con man. He's a hustler. Um, his bullshit is destroying industries and therefore people's lives. So fuck Al Gore. He's, he may, he's not a lunatic. He's a prick and he's profiting. And that is the bottom line as well. It's like, you're not doing this. There are certain people that are out there reaching this cause who may be completely misguided, who aren't making millions of dollars off of it. Yes. And to me, that's a really big change. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it because you're an idiot, but you believe it, that's one thing when you can make the case that he knows exactly what he's doing because he's lived through all of these predictions. Of course he does that the money's flowing in when he was the guy that created the very first, I believe, or one of the first carbon credit companies before he came out with this crazy system, like, well, okay, you know, what will save the planet. You keep polluting exactly the way you are today, but you just, you pay for that. Yeah. But that's going to save the planet. Yes. Like how it's like, you're either killing the planet or you're not, you don't get to go. Well, I can shoot you in the head. But as long as I pay, you won't die. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. Don't look for cents. Look for dollars. <laughs> look for, well, I don't even think <laughs> Al Gore has nothing in a single or a five. No, 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 no. He's like, I, his wallet. yeah, he's like, I throw anything under a hundred, hundred away. I can't, exactly. I can't, I don't have time for that. Yeah. But this is the scam that is the climate change. And I mean, we could be clear. We all understand that the climate is changing, but it always has for the history of the planet. Long before there were gasoline engines, long before there were factories, the climate still changed. Now, is what mankind puts into the atmosphere affecting climate change at all? It probably is, but nobody has a real answer of what percentage that is and i just wonder like what happens let's just say i mean we did this for a little while during covid like everything shut down it's like well did that change anything is is the planet still doing what it was going to do anyway regardless of you know how long if we shut everything down for five or ten years and it still keeps getting warmer then what then what then i think Greta's right in that the bottom down turns into everybody that convinced the scam to happen just like people are doing with the covid mrna vaccines uh, you're getting more and more angry mm-hmm. and i think people like oh we're giving up all of our whatever you would call them the luxuries of having you know heat and air and, and cars that actually can take you somewhere like yeah, we will give so all luxury. of this up yeah and the end result is the world is still going to do what the world was going to do sure you got to pay Al Gore. That's right, Ben Rose. Al's got his money. That's right. The fabulous Ryan. You got to pay Al Gore. 
with a fabulous. I was like, that's fabulous. No, no, it's no, not, no. It's not fabulous. No, fab, fabulous goes way back before. They, I think you're doing the fabulous of like, uh, who was that crazy comic who used to throw confetti and ring a bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Rip, what the fuck was it? Was it Rip? His name was Rip something. Rip Torn, Rip. was it? No, Rip Torn was the actor. This um, guy was a comedian. Rip um, shit. Well, you know who he is. You know <laughs> yes. what I'm talking about. Yes. Well, yeah, he was out in like Hollywood Squares. But, I mean, uh, think, of, think of fucking uh, 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 Jimmy Ray Vaughn, Stevie's brother, and his the kick-ass band, the Fabulous Thunderbirds. Yes. Right? That's the kind of fabulous I'm talking about. Yeah, I wouldn't walk up to those guys and go, you're fabulous. No, 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 not to those guys. No. You'd have to be able to run really, really fast. Yeah. yeah. They're, they do put on a good show. We saw them here at. Uh, Did you see them live? Were they great? Oh, yeah. That was, God, it was years ago here for one of the Taste of Chicago. Back when I would still go downtown when you, you know, your yeah. chances of getting shot wasn't like 50-50. Yeah. Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor, thank you. That's yeah. it. He was a very funny guy. Very funny. Yes. But that is, that's where that, absolutely where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we digress. We digress. We've got your clips, which, sorry, yeah. we have, uh, we were, we're on a theme there. Mm-hmm. We have Tina and Scott and Behar and Bartiromo. Where do we start? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's, uh, since we're doing politics, well, it's all political, but let's, let's do a little bit of, uh, let's take a little bit of a detour here to a Behar on Baldwin. Oh yes. Yes. I know exactly what this is. And this is just how perverted the left gets when things don't go their way. Yes. You know, the, the DA who uh, is, is indicting him or whatever you, uh, the legal term is right now, mm-hmm. she, she's a big Republican. I'm only saying this because Stop. they're talking False. about Baldwin. And yes, False. that DA is a Democrat. So right there, she's talking out her ass. But she's a big Republican. If, she, if she's going yeah. after Baldwin, he's got to be yes. a Republican. Got to be. It's like, I know. But then you have no problem just being ignorant. And really, right. do you think? Behar, in this case, ignorant or just lying, knowing nobody's going to question her? I think she's ignorant. I think she's ignorant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she's a big Republican. I'm only saying this because Alec Baldwin is a target for Republicans. They cannot <laughs> what, oh, Great, 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 great uh-huh. choice of words there, Joy. A target. Who the fuck was the target? <laughs> you know what? Do you know what that choice of words is, Larry? It's cringe. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would be the definition there. Yeah. Oh, he's a target. It's a target. After he shot somebody. And I like all the legal yeah. experts. And then they said this immediately when Alec Baldwin went on with uh, Stephanopoulos. Like, that was a really bad idea. Yes. You do not want to go talk about no. a, a, a crime that's still being investigated. No. Because everything but he can't say, stop himself. No. He can't stop himself. And this whole, I didn't pull the trigger. It's like, well, again, physics. Yeah. Well, the best is with him, the, 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 the refrain he kept repeating and all these things, is, I just want to find out what happened. I want to get to the truth. The truth is you fucking pulled the trigger on a hot gun, idiot. He sounds That's a lot like truth. OJ. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for the answer here. I can't figure out what it might yeah. be. Yeah, I don't know. 
Okay? But I'm just saying. Facts are, but I'm not saying anything more than that. The fact that he was handling the gun. <laughs> and let's not also forget what George Clooney had to say. What he, what he, remember, he was on a podcast and he talks about <laughs> what he does when he has a gun in his yeah. hand. How he opens it. How he shows that there's not any ammunition in the gun. Right. And Alec Baldwin was actually confronted with that statement. And his response in that George Stephanopoulos interview was, well, good for him. Good for him. And so I think that there has there's some blame here. Alec yeah. is, of course, saying that he doesn't have any blame. And the investigation so far supports that there's enough evidence to charge him. Well, Clooney is telling you what any rational person would do. Of course. And I know we talked about this when this originally happened, but I would highly recommend to anybody out there who's never been into a gun shop. Go into a gun store, ask to see any pistol or rifle, but you know, pistols are way easier. The, I guarantee you with a hundred percent certainty, the person working for the company that picks up that pistol before they hand it to you will open it, look inside and make sure it's not loaded. Of course I read, I don't know if it's true, but I read, I mean, first of all, Baldwin's done a fuck ton of movies and a lot of them involve firearms. Yes. And I'm sure some actually competent armors. There are guys in Hollywood and I've met a couple of them. There were armors for studios and they know their shit. Okay. Some of these guys are very, very good, very careful, very knowledgeable, which is why there isn't a big body count for this crap. Apparently this chick wasn't, wasn't one of them. Okay. Um, but he should fucking know. I'm sure people have walked him through that multiple times. Hey man, before you ever do it, check that chamber, open that cylinder, see what's going on in there before you do it. He didn't, he fucking didn't. And it's the bare minimum. It's not like it takes 20 minutes to see if a gun's loaded. It takes two seconds. Especially with a revolver. Yes. Not hard to figure out. And if you were no. doing, if this wasn't a filming scene, it, you know, most likely you didn't even need a blank in it. Right. So it should have been empty. Yes. But I think you were the only one. I'm sure other people had. I didn't follow it closely enough that made the case that this could have been intentional. And we're not saying it was. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about the perfect murder. This could be a way to do it. Well, it'd be wild. I mean, I don't think for a second that guy, I think he's an asshole, but I don't think he's a murderous asshole. I think what he is is a very negligent, arrogant asshole. Um, And, you know, people, that's what they have. That's why they have that charge. It's called negligent homicide. They charge people who do in automobiles every fucking day. Right. You know, if you're texting or jerking off instead of watching the road. Or both. You know, just because you made a mistake, that doesn't mean you get a fucking pass. It's that simple. Right. But then you have the question of, I mean, how easy it could have been for somebody else to slip a bullet in there. I mean, we heard the stories originally. I don't know if anything came up after that. The only story I remember was, well, they were using that gun for target practice when they weren't filming. Mm. That people were going out and having fun because they were in the middle of the desert and they were just playing gunslinger or whatever. And they were shooting cans. but. Again, it's very uh, convenient. I mean, again, if you knew that he was having a in the uh, the dress rehearsal, whatever they were doing, that he would end up pulling the trigger while it was pointed right at the camera, then you could make the case that somebody did that intentionally. Well, maybe his lawyer is going to go that route. We'll see. Won't we? It's an interesting uh, case. There's no yeah. question about it, because again. You're talking about not taking literally a couple of seconds 
to check the weapon in your hand, to not have the respect for the weapon in your hand. And I get it. It gets easy. Maybe if you're on the set and you're not supposed to have any real ammunition there and everything's supposed to be safe and somebody else is being paid to check all these things for you, but it's still in your hands. Yeah. And George Clooney, while I'm not a huge fan of his, but that seems to me that this is just good practice. If you're an actor and somebody puts a weapon into your hands, one, you should know enough about the weapon to be able to check safely, whether it's loaded or not and understand what risks you are bringing to the table in case something like this happens and it's not the first time somebody gets shot on the set of a movie that's how uh um in the crow that was uh Brandon Lee yeah and that was a like a blank or something misfired if i remember right that wasn't an actual live round or something but it was like a blank that i don't yeah. know something still had a projectile out of it it was a hell of a charge and even a blank you know and john eric hexen blew his own head off with a blank you know um it happens, but uh, <laughs> you got to know what you're dealing with. That's the bottom line. Well, there's just, there's just no, it's just, it's just ridiculous on the face of it that you, 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 you know, it's a guy told me years ago when I was taking a, some training, you never really point a gun at someone unless you intend to kill them. Yes. And so if, even if you're on a movie set, you know, you always, you treat any gun as if it's a hot gun, you, you, you double or triple check and that's just how you do it. There's, there's no way around that. Well, I think it surprised a lot of people this case that the guns they use in movies aren't non-firing props. I think a lot of people believe they're making replica guns rather than using just real guns. And I think that surprised a lot of people. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would be a great world, I guess, if everything was just, you know, we have the technology now to... Well, that's what that's what Geraldo wants us all to carry. I listened to the last random thoughts, and I love the way you lumped him up. Good old Harry, yeah. <laughs> AR, AR-15. It's just so it's so funny. It's so typical. It's like, don't, don't cloud the issue with the truth. Right. Just listen to me. I'm Geraldo. I don't like guns. Fucking take them away. And then he doubled down when it's like, and I know, I, I can just, you know, knowing Gutfeld, and I'm not a huge Gutfeld fan, but he's funny at times. And when Geraldo, you know, when he's like, well, you know what AR stands for? He knew Geraldo didn't. It's like, that's gutsy sure sure because if as Gutfeld, you know, you look bad then if you're like, Hey, Geraldo, you know what AR stands for? And if you would have came sure. out with the, the name of the company, which are, which I forget what it is now, but uh, it's like, if you would have come out with that, Armalite. Armalite. Yes. Well, it says that story also says a lot about Geraldo as a person and his alleged, you know, intellectual curiosity that he should have as a journalist. And he does go back a long way yes. in that realm. He goes back to the, I remember when I was a kid, he was coming up in, uh, in New York. Um, and uh, he, you know, he has a hell of a fucking resume. Geraldo hasn't been embedded in a number of uh, combat zones in his career, right? And, you know, if I was that like that, I would turn to the fucking dog face next to me and say, hey, show me, you know, walk me through that M16. And what does this thing do? And I mean, how the fuck do you not know that having his background? It's, well, it's pretty a, odd. Yes. Yeah, to not understand the difference between automatic auto and full auto. Right. Yeah. And I get it. You can basically take a bungee cord with some weapons and kind of make them automatic. You know, I know there's still limitations. Yeah. 
but you can fire fairly quickly with a semi-automatic or some of those will pretty much melt if you try that for more than uh, true a minute or two at a time because they're yes. not built to, to the same standards that the military weapons are but the ar being so much just in the in the cosmetics of it and that's still something that drives me nuts because you take a fairly normal hunting rifle that almost everybody in this country that's not a complete lunatic on the left would yeah. go well you know i can understand why somebody would need that mm-hmm. and you show them the ar-15 and they're like whoa, whoa 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 nobody needs that and you're like but look at the specs mm-hmm. they're exactly the same yeah well you know it's similar some years ago i remember reading a story somewhere that some guy did some research on people on, on people getting um, speeding tickets and the uh, you know stands to reason uh, the the number of of tickets handed out to people driving hot looking cars was vastly greater than people dr- driving you know plain ordinary vehicles. Right. And then when they looked further into it, they they realized that there's a there's a built in bias with a lot of cops before they were maybe using radar. You can still get stopped by a cop because he just said you're doing over the speed limit. He doesn't have to have a fucking radar gun to ver- verify that. They will take his judgment in court. Might not win, but they will. Um, a lot of cops are just looking some guy going by in a Porsche and thinking, yeah, he's, he must be, he must be breaking the limit. He must be going over. Look what he's driving. Boom. Right. And he's got the cash to pay the ticket. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah. And so it's, it's kind of the same mentality with the gun thing. You know, um, it looks mean, it looks like a nasty gun. It looks like an assault weapon. So it must be bad. Right. Which is why you always drove the big lead sleds. It could go just as fast as those yes. uh, little sports cars. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nobody's paying any if it looks like a grandpa car you could be doing right. 120 miles an hour and they're just like huh eh. yeah exactly guy goes by in a red corvette doing 80 and they're like got him yeah it's also way more fun i'm guessing i mean i've mm-hmm. never been a cop but i'm just guessing it would be way more fun to pull the people with the sports cars over of course now the ones i would pull over because i seem to still run into them even though i hardly ever go out on the roads the other day again the wife and I were out. Well, it was probably a couple of months ago, but it was somebody in a brand new Corvette doing like 15 under the speed limit. And it's like, asshole, what's the point? Right. What is the point? Yeah. I don't get it. If you're going to buy a car, that's the sports. Car, it's like, use it. Mm-hmm. At least don't go under the speed limit. Right. I don't know. People just, I will never understand the world. Never. That's why we do a podcast. Now we got Scott, Tina and Bartiromo. Where do we go from here? Let's, let's start with, uh, let's start with, uh, Maria on Biden, Chinatown. Ooh. The stunning details behind Joe Biden's gross negligence of handling of these documents. The Daily Mail, okay, is reporting this morning that there was another location, and that location was in Chinatown. In DC. Yes, you heard it right. This is not a Babylon B post. Chinatown in D.C. and the whole move, packing up the boxes, were overse- was overseen by an assistant who was recommended by Hunter Biden, Kathy Chung. We do not know if she was reporting all of the classified documents, whether she knew about the classified documents, if she was reporting back to the Chinese Communist Party. But this is getting downright scary. Nice. I didn't even know there was a Chinatown in Washington, D.C. Did yeah, you know that? I never heard no, of that. But I guess there's got to be one everywhere. 
I don't know. I, I think it's probably like there's like maybe two Chinese restaurants next to each other. So they call it Chinatown or something. I don't know. And that's enough. That's enough. But it's pretty funny. Well, yeah. it, I mean, one, the Daily Mail, always questionable, but uh, even, sometimes they get it very right. Yes. You know, it's like some years ago, people always, you know, growing up, the Inquirer was considered, you know, insanity. Fuck the boy who cried rocks and bat boy and all this crazy shit. But sometime around the, the OJ case, the legit media began getting their fucking tips from the Inquirer because yes. they were paying for theirs, paying well. And they, they were ahead of the curve, most cases. So, who knows? Well, and you're seeing a lot of people, including Bill Maher, who we've brought a few times, even he is getting to the point with these documents where it's like, uh, this is getting very inconvenient for the Democrats. I think it's some kind of takedown of Joey, isn't it? I mean, it's got to be. Right? I believe this may be the case of the rational Democrats looking at Joey's record. Looking at Joey's lack of being able to, that maybe they don't want that anymore in a president. Mm -hmm. And they thought, I think because of his age, because it's a rarity in American society to have a president go, Hey, had my four years. I'm ready to leave. Never happens. Mm -hmm. But Joey, because of his age, I think they thought they had the ability to let him bow out gracefully mm -hmm. and i think he got pissed about it and i think joey decided he was going to change that narrative mm -hmm. and say he's running again i remember talking about that early on here that's like well he has to say that at least until the midterm because otherwise then you're gonna you know you're throwing a grenade and now i think he's just deciding that he doesn't care what the democrats want he's gonna he's run joey. again you're right he's yes. joey and Jill is Jill. Jill loves the position she's in. It's Dr. Jill to you. <laughs> and Dr. Jill has all the brains in that family, literally, from what's left. And I think this is very possibly the Democrat way of going, well, we'll get rid of you. And we'll do it in a way. I mean, it's, yeah. it is so sweet that it's the same exact thing Trump did, no matter what, all these assholes. Oh, I, think that's, I think that's deliberate. deliberate. Yes. If it's a takedown, it's like, let's, let's accuse him and prove he's guilty of the same thing that he mocked Trump for so mercilessly, which will really, now, now we can call him just, he's our Trump. Right? Yes. And it's getting worse now when it's like, well, you're bringing the Chinese government into the, yes. uh, into the fold. I was hoping they were going to call, call Swallowell's girlfriend Fang Fang. <laughs> she was the, uh, yeah, bang, bang with Fang Fang. Things are, right. But well, whatever. But that's it. This is uh, yeah. maybe the nuclear codes are written on fortune cookies. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> that's one way. Oh, are they shit. still written down? I mean, how do we do this I now? <laughs> I don't I don't want to know. That would be too scary <laughs> when it all comes down to it. But it's an interesting thing to watch as far as a takedown goes mm -hmm. that uh, Joey's, as you said, he was really very vehement. When it came to Donald Trump that, oh, God, how could he do this? Mm -hmm. But the story for anybody that was telling it legitimately, and there were very few people that were uh, Bill O'Reilly, I believe, was one of them. And when the, and he's a buddy with Trump, so you understand there's a bias. Mm -hmm. But his view on the whole document thing when the Trump thing started was Donald Trump has no clue what documents are in there that he doesn't. When anybody leaves office, 
they're not the ones that pack this stuff up. It's like you don't think uh, Joey went in or Donald Trump went into the office and put their stuff into boxes. They've got people for that. Right. And thinking that any one of these guys know what was taken and where it is now, probably not. So trying to pin any one of them on it. But that's why it was funny because Joe Biden, if he had any sense, would have been like, well, this is important to look into, but nobody knows what was packed up in their office. And it's always possible for anybody with classified documents mm-hmm. when you have an office in the White House that those make their way out accidentally. But that wasn't the route Joey went. It was, oh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Mm-hmm. So when you turn out to have uh, committed the same sin, it is a little bit more funny that way. Sure it is. And humiliating. Yes. It's always the people yeah. that, you know, end up getting caught doing the same thing that you enjoy. You're like, oh, well, now we're going to we're going to revel in watching you squirm about this because you were so, you know, again, if they would just listen to the good book, you know, he without sin cast that first stone. Joey cast a stone on Trump. There you go. And it turns out, uh, yeah, there's some there's some stones coming Joey's way now. (laughs) He is not good for the country. Has anybody figured that one out yet? Some have, some have not. So sad. But now we've got Scott and Tina. Which one goes head to head? Which one goes first? Uh, why don't we let's let's take Tina and then uh, then Scott do Tina first. Ladies first. I mean, if if Tina is okay with being called a lady. Oh. So for shits and giggles, yesterday <laughs> I decided to let me try my TikTok live. Oh, she's got to turn the music off. I know. I don't know why she's doing that. We don't know why. We're trying to get good clips here, Tina. Come on, help we- us out. We can still hear her, though. She's she's audible. Yes. Well, that's because she's like me. Shouty voice. Shouty voice. Yes. Because they shut me down in January of 2021 for the Nancy Pelosi flag with the fangs, you know, ripping the Constitution. So I said, let me just start something new. I did a Twitch account. I went back on my TikTok and I figured I would name it starting today. Trigger Tuesdays with Tina. That's so she's, good. she's on TikTok, though. It's like, come on, Tina. Yeah. Nobody's but, on TikTok except 14. Well, okay, there's a lot listen of listen to what happens. Yeah. You know? And I also figured I would do my spa and training because I've been out of the game since I was sick in March of 2020. We won't say what what because I might get fucking banned. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not on even five seconds. The big X. They said I was dangerous. That I still violate community terms. I'm fucking dangerous. Why am I fucking dangerous? For telling the truth? The truth hurts, you fucking libtards. How motherfuckers? Fuck out of here. I'm so fucking tired of it. Yeah, that won't last on TikTok, I don't think. I'm not sure. I'm it's not just sure. great to hear Tina back as Tina. You know, she was reining it in when she was running for Congress. And and that's okay. And it's understandable. And I'm glad she did. But it's nice, it's nice to hear the real Tina back. Yeah, and Twitter will let her do that. I don't know now about the other platforms. No, they won't. No. There was just a, uh, when I was looking for clips today, there was a, uh, a black YouTuber who was complaining about videos being taken down and hate speech and how it was all just like roasting kind of comedy. And, you know, the list now of things that you cannot, you know, I don't even know if it's make fun of, cause it's like, there's, it's a hard to determine, you know, what is comedy and what is hateful rhetoric. 
sometimes they're the exact same thing because sure that's how common i mean again if you ever watch those dean martin rows which i know you have some of the fun was just the absolute horrible stuff that they said about their buddies yeah but he had you know the list where it's like well you can't you know go after anybody's you know gender you can't go after any disability you can't go after you know their religion or the color of their skin or their ethnicity so it's like well what do you make fun of somebody for then Right. I mean, you're like taking literally everything off the table. Yes. And then that's where comedy dies. But that's also where all free speech also dies. Because, well, no, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous. It's like, again, it's everybody's going to be offended about something. And yeah. the fact that you are being not offensive could be offensive to me. So I guess everybody's just got to shut up. But I digress. It is good to hear Tina. It is good to hear Tina back. Getting a little bit, uh, but get off of get off of TikTok and. and Well, she's off. They took care of that, so she's gone. That she's got got the big X. (laughs) That means you're done. You can't come. I guess this is where TikTok. We appreciate because I listen to Darren O'Neill. If Darren says stay the fuck off a platform, I do. And Gary Vaynerchuk still talking about it, which is one of the reasons why it's like every now and then I check in and see what has on his YouTube yeah. channel. Cause I think that's the one place I haven't uh, jettisoned his stuff. And it's like, you're still touting that. Like it's a good thing. And I know he probably has money in it. So uh, sure. This is again, you always have to follow the money to understand what people are saying and uh, whether there's a bias there or not. But with mm-hmm. Scott's clip, is there any kind of setup on this one or is this a, uh, Another lesson uh, for no, the boys. You know, Scott's, uh, Scott is always blissfully pretty self-explanatory. So uh, he's a seasoned communicator. He is. A lot to talk about. I want to go back to a subject I discussed the other day angrily about the police chief, the police chief in Los Angeles who took the blue line flag down because one lonely, sad, woke-ass piece of shit complained. How the fuck did you cater to that, chief? You know how much I love every single one of you in blue. But that's enough. Think about what you just did to the morale of your department underneath you. Bad enough they're fucked already. How dare you? I love you, but where's your fucking brain on this? Disgusting. If you took that flag down, Chief, that means that you think it's a racist flag. That flag, that symbol, that blue line represents the fallen in your department and across this country. What have I fucking taught you people? Don't cater to this woke-ass bullshit, because it only grows bigger. Squash it. What the fuck? People in Dude. LA, get on top of this. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I'll get on top of it first, Scott, and I'll say, um, I'd say probably the odds are about 99% that the person that didn't like that flag was the chief of police. He's the complainer. Really? I don't like this. It's, oh, yeah, he's fuck, He's woke as fuck. Sure. It's of course. nearly unbelievable what kind of bar now is set for things to spring into action. We mm-hmm. talked about the guy last week that had the Jesus saves t-shirt on. Well, somebody complained. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you know, this concept of, well, somebody complained about this flag. It's like, well, so what, mm-hmm. you know, why is it, you know, because a pro it's really when you're like, well, it's a flag flying in uh, or in the office of the police chief that honors the police i mean does that somehow not seem right for uh yeah 
you know, I know that's in the office. I haven't watched it in a few years, but when I watch Blue Bloods, one of the only conservative leaning shows, it seems, on network television with Tom Selleck, the police chief in New York, there was one of those flags in his office. Well, there, see, right there. Right. That's so why it's hateful. Had to go. It's got to go. You can't have that. Got to go. You can't have somebody have any other viewpoint because, well, you know, all cops are bad, of course. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, they're not. Are there bad cops? Sure. But not all cops are bad. But that is this mentality that we have now. The black and white mentality is that if, we, ah, if somebody's offended by that, you know, I'm offended by that. My brother was killed by a cop, so I never want to see a blue line flag ever again. Like, you don't get to do that. The, the I two guess things, they do these days. Well, yeah, this is the problem. <laughs> At least in L.A. <laughs> and Scott's absolutely right. The woke stuff has got to stop because, I mean, this goes back to a saying again, like when we were kids, we talked about with the bullying, it was sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, let's go back to another saying, which is, you know, if you give them an inch, they take a yard, right? Sure. You know, it's like, this is exactly what you've got here. When you give in at all, like, well, somebody complains about that flag and you take it down. Well, do you think it's going to stop there? Yeah. At some point, you've got to stand your ground. At some point, you have to just stand up and go, well, no, that's not right. Or no, that doesn't make sense that this is not. I mean, they did it with the Confederate flag mm-hmm. and made the case of, well, of course, everybody that would dare fly a Confederate flag is a horrible racist. It's like, well, explain that the uh, black people that were flying the Confederate flag who were proud of their Southern heritage. Sure. You know, it's like, well, you know, Scott, Scott, I don't know if he's been to L.A., but maybe he hasn't. But the, the fact of the matter is most people here would, are just fine with that. And look what happened. I mean, in the very recent past, uh, there was an opportunity to flip uh, Captain Hairgel Kami in Sacramento for right. a great guy named Larry Elder. And uh, they voted shithead uh, Newsom right back in. It was a chance to install a, a smart businessman named Rick Caruso as mayor of L.A. He outspent the opposition 10 to 1, and he still fucking lost by a pretty <laughs> substantial margin to abroad who has been a career politician and is therefore responsible for all the fucking ills that Los Angeles is suffering right now. She was one of the architects of the downfall of LA. So this fucking town deserves what it gets. This is true. Well, the country does as well. Yes. Lincoln said that, you know, most governments, most people get the governments they deserve. And he's right. Well, and it was uh, Benjamin Franklin, I believe that, when this whole country was being formed and somebody said, well, you know, Hey, what do we got? And he said, a Republic, if you can keep it. Right. And clearly we can't No, because there's too many assholes. Yes. Too many assholes. And we're not calling them assholes. And we have to start calling them assholes and, and viciously mock and ridicule them. Do you think it's just in this country that people have totally lost sight of the idea that there may be people living amongst us that, have the goal that their only goal is to bring the country down and they want to just have everything crumble like the George Soros types who keep giving us ultra liberal DAs who will not put criminals in jail. Right. They want the whole system to collapse because they know the only way to get rid of the current system is to make it look like the current system to either collapse it or make it look like it's collapsed to the point to where they can come in and go, oh, oh, you see what we need here now 
Sure. Is socialism. You know, capitalism didn't work, but the government, I mean, the fact that San Francisco is seriously considering, I mean, I don't think this will happen because I think sanity will still have some root, but I don't know. It's San Francisco mm-hmm. that they want to pay the black citizens who have been there long enough $5 million a piece for reparations. Yes, I saw that. It's like, you know, if you live in San Francisco and you have nothing to do with owning slaves because nobody alive does, and you realize that's where your tax money's going, it's like, you know, your taxes in San Francisco are so low. It's like you're paying nothing, I bet. Mm. California taxes, Larry. I mean, I know why you live there because the taxes are great. <laughs> when people start realizing that where the tax money is going is for in lunacy, and uh, I think maybe that starts people down a little bit of a pushback road but people are taking way too much and they're doing it because oh they want to be good people they want to be woke they don't want to be seen as racist or sexist or you know genderist whichever the new genders are they want to seem like they're okay with everything and it's like you really shouldn't be okay with everything you should look at what's going on in the world around you and stand up for what you think is right. I love that the hockey player that stood up and said, I'm not going out and skating with a LGBTQ Jersey mm-hmm. that his jerseys have sold out now. on Yes. NHL. What did they, do? they suspended him for that, right? Is he still no, his team was fine with what it. happened? No, the team was fine. The team said he didn't do anything wrong. They, I will give the Philadelphia flyers that and their coach. Cause they did not punish okay. the player at all. They're like, this is all his, right personal choice right and he has a right to make that because there's a big difference between not wanting to support something and being against it but that's not the world we live in today if you are not supporting something then you're against it if you won't come out and say you love this well then you're obviously against us it's like sure no that's not that's not uh, fair at all but nothing is really fair at this point and people need to stand up mm. for fairness at the very least at the least Mm -hmm. it would be nice anyway but we are a value for value podcast here indeed we are planet rage dot show slash donate is where you want to go if you want to get some value back to us but we have a few people to thank for today's show coming in with his monthly donation of twenty dollars sir sean of the allegheny valley who is quickly i think going to the top rankings of most of the podcasts they have with monthly support that thank helped. you sir sean yeah we got to keep the microphone sounding good so so bandrew can lust after our sultry tones well yours anyway <laughs> he didn't mention me he was like that guy's got a shouty voice i'm with csb <laughs> bandrew's like i don't want to sound like him he's way too compressed i like that am radio sound what can i say yeah like i said our next if we do a spinoff from this we definitely should call it am and fm yeah you're the am morning guy <laughs> and i'm the fm midnight to six guy i mean it's so clear it all works. Yeah. Coming in from the UK, our buddy Stu Coates with the not Two. satanic at all, or maybe it is 666 donation. We don't care. It's money. That's true. It's still <laughs> green. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter where it came from. Now, our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, with his monthly $5. We appreciate that and him for thank you supporting all these shows as well and of course salute you sir truck driver yes and of course the delimiter 
which I, we've been asked specifically that I do not read this anymore because my voice is too shouty. And I'm like, but CSB, I thought we were friends. And he's like, damn it, we are friends, but you're too shouty. Are you, friend, are you offended, Darren? Yes, sir. So very much. Should we get you some therapy? I know you were like, I'm going to shout it. I'm going to shout this message. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I'm losing now. So whatever you want to do is fine. <laughs> it's like, it's all for good humorous content. Because notice this, my friend, CSB, it is the smallest donation, but the only one with an ad read that promotes your stuff. Yes. And we enjoy giving you a little bit of pushback because it's funny. And that way people were like, who are they talking about? Who's that guy? Maybe we should go to the site and look at it. Yeah, exactly. But I digress. If you would like to do a read. I'd be happy to. Okay. And we have some new names, I think. Uh, Always. Dear Let's see. It's, it's, uh, this time it says, Dear Livid Larry and Deprecating Darren. Okay. <laughs> He's so don't, right. Don't let the absurdity of existence under a clown-based roll set, R-U-L-L-S-E-T. I don't know what that means, but it, that's what it says. Roll set. Don't let that inflate your irritation beyond repair. A perfect companion to alleviate troublesome lines, trouble, oh, excuse me, troublesome times is the blog found at www.csb.lol, containing cartoons sure to satiate satirical yearnings and more funny on offer. Okay. Then once you are suitably refreshed, load up the latest at ai.cooking episode to remain informed about artificial intelligence, read by the monumentally marvelous Gwiff. Yoy, CSB. Is that what that means? Y-O-I? No, it's yo. I'm yo. sorry. I, I, I saw, I read the exclamation point. Exclamation point as an I. It's yo, CSB. So it, I, I mangled that a bit, but I gave my best shot. And with Gwiff, is it, is it marvelous or is it marvelous? <laughs> so you can go that route too. You do a good Rip Taylor. I'm impressed. I don't know who is uh, writing these uh, particular messages from CSB, whether it's whether it's GWIF or CSB, but either way, we yeah. enjoy that you listen. If only to hear your own name and podcast mentioned so you can and then. URLs. Yes, but yeah. then he cuts it up and he puts it into the social medias and that way people can find this show. So it all works out. It does. That's how value for value works. We put these shows out. If you got any value out of them whatsoever, you go to our show, our show website. That's the easiest way to go, which is planetrage.show slash donate click that donate button use the qr codes if you're listening on a podcasting 2.0 app you can indeed boost us and it looks like there was one other boost that came in from lavash lavash lavish lavish from the lavish uh, thank you you may yeah. know him from i do that behind the squeams podcast good dude and it was a uh, eleven thousand one hundred and eleven. So one 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 Satoshi's and says, "Thank you." Petition to put Al Gore in a tiny house. I'm like, we might have to do that by force, though. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> and he is big enough; we might not fit in a tiny house at this point yeah. as well. He's not going to go willingly. We know that. That's for sure. Yeah. No, his carbon credits will not fit in the tiny house no. with him. But now, if he had a tiny house, we might be able to find some classified documents. Can we find some Gore classified documents? That would be good, too. We can add him to the list. It would be, yeah. 
But he was never more than a VP, so he wasn't entitled to take any of those. If I'm correct. Well, you see, that's so. the in the uh, the farce here because this has been mentioned by a lot bigger news organizations and podcasts than us that the vice president doesn't have that ability. I mentioned it and you questioned it, I think, on the last episode, um, but it's a executive order under Obama. So anywhere Obama and on the vice president did have the same oh, authority to declassify really? everything. Yes. Well, thank you for doing that uh, diligence, due diligence, Darren. So I stand corrected. So, but Gore right. wouldn't because that would be before. No, he wouldn't. No, but now Joey, he has that same get out of jail free Trump excuse, which is, well, as vice president, you yeah. can, you can just declassify anything, mm-hmm. but it was a Chinese restaurant. Right. You're right. Maybe, you know, the Chinese guy, does Joey get a lot of Chinese takeout delivered? You know, maybe. I don't know. And then the guy leaves with like a briefcase rather than uh, 20 bucks. Yeah. And is that, are those classified documents contaminated with MSG? Maybe. Probably. Yeah. And again, I don't understand. Why do people actually have paper documents when you have digital? I don't know. It's a lot easier to put a, a USB drive in a fortune cookie. <laughs> oh, fit a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot more documents will fit on there as well. Oh, true. Yes. Just saying, come on, guys. If you're going to do espionage, if you're going to take a bunch of documents, you know, it's so easy now with the evil, evil phones that there are PDF apps that make it quite easy to just snap a picture of pretty much any text document that is more than readable. You know, it's not like it's the olden days where you have to put something in a, a flatbed scanner or something like right. that. You can right. take a quick photo. Mm-hmm. And save that on your phone. And then you don't have to take the document with you. It's like, what do you need the original document for? Yeah. If you just need the information, then that would be way easier because then nobody even knows you took it. Mm-hmm. Although I'm assuming I don't see Again, if you're the president or vice president, I'm, I'm guessing they're not taking your phone away when you go into the, to the archives where some of these documents are yeah. now. Probably most other who was the guy that was it was the Clinton guy that was caught like with them in his socks and stuff taking out the classified documents oh, and he became a TV thing uh, Dick uh, Dick what's his last name mm. was it Morris no it wasn't Morris was it it's close it was an M definitely I think it was Dick Morris I think it is I think yeah, it was somebody else that took the documents Real, but he was the shoe shoe fetish guy right or well I don't was there was there Dick that. Morris I don't know this is an interesting story now we'll need to look this up before the next yeah, I'm pretty episode. sure Dick Morris had some type of a shoe fetish scandal surrounding him it's a cloud that yeah lavish coming in with another boost oh uh, 99.99 so wait now that's a lot of uh evening up those numbers a lot of ones then a lot of nines <laughs> going from Gore to Cheney was the greatest VP power shift in modern history that may be true yeah. Maybe true because everybody hated uh, Dick Cheney, the whole Darth Vader thing, but uh, mm. he at least seemed to know what was going on. Allegedly. Yes. I mean, I guess you're comparing him to George Bush, the younger who everybody was like, oh, he's an idiot, mm. which I'm still not sure about. George. I mean, Bush, Dick was all on board with the weapons of mass destruction along with. Uh, they all were Cheney. right. I mean, they that was uh, it's, just, it's like, come on like that was the whole thing it's like you can't you know this all comes down to the whole organization 
that gets us our information, whether it's CIA or FBI or whatnot. That is the problem is that you rely on them to be right. So if the CIA comes in and goes, hey, no doubt about it, there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And then you go in and do something stupid, you know, looking back on it as the president, like, oh, we went in and then there were none. It's like, well, the CIA just goes, oh, sorry, our bad. Yeah. You know, and it's the president that pays the price. But it's like, if you can't trust the intel you're getting, you know, I don't remember anybody coming out from the CIA who I'm assuming would be the organization when you're talking about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. I don't remember anybody coming out and going, nope, we told them that was bullshit. That never happened. You're right. Which it's like, hey, that's why you don't want to be president because you can't believe any of these people. True. The, the FBI's against you. The CIA's against you. You can't trust anybody. The deep state, baby. Right. That's why you listen to that Larry show. That's why you listen to random thoughts. That's why you listen to Planet Rage. Yeah. And any of Darren's other thousand uh, podcasts, Grumpy Old Ben's. But the fabulous Ryan Bemrose. Oh, yeah. And then Unrelenting with, well, just yes. Gene. Sir Gene. Sir Gene, I thought it was. <laughs> he likes when you call him Sir Gene. I like to just. Yeah, Sir Gene. I, he, he hates when I use his last name. So I, I usually just go with that. Yeah. You call him just Surge for short. Yes, he's surging. <laughs> That's how it so all works out. What do you got for random thoughts this week? I don't know. We'll see. I have a cardiologist appointment tomorrow, so I'm sure that okay. may uh, spark some interest as I've uh, been monitoring things with my new Apple Watch. So, yeah, I bought into the Apple Watch. Oh, no. But I will tell you, the ability to do a down and dirty EKG with the watch is fantastic. That thing will really do that? Seriously? Yes. And it's it's reliable? It's it's a reliable enough to where the cardiologist recommended it a couple of years ago and they keep getting no better. And, and I've had, well, as a kid, I think ex exactly maybe what's going on now, which is not fully going into AFib, but having an extra beat, which feels like you're skipping a beat, okay, which is all sorts of fun. But if you yeah. can catch this happening, which I have a couple of times, you can print up an EKG that looks like you got it at the doctor's office. Now it's only, one or two leads because it's got a lead at the back of the watch that you have oh, on your shit. wait a minute wait a minute you're talking about you put electro whatever those things wires from the watch onto your chest to do this no this is um, this is the wild part about this watch you go into this thing and it doesn't do this all the time of course because the batteries would run out but if you want one of these things done mm. you start the little app on the watch for the ecg and there's a sensor on the back of the watch, which, of course, is touching your wrist. And there's a little button on the side of the watch that you touch with your finger from the other hand. And you just barely touch that for 30 seconds. And it'll give you uh, an ECG for that 30 seconds with all your heart rhythms. And uh, it's really I can't, I can't imagine the length of the disclaimers that must be packed <laughs> with that box. It must go on for days. Right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I know it sounds like it's nothing more than an ad. I saw a story a few months ago where the watch just gave the woman a, uh, you know, a heads up, like, well, your heart rhythm is this, this, and this, and, uh, yeah. you know, ended up saving her life more or less because she didn't sure. know she had an issue. Yeah. But when you catch something that you want to show your doctor, you can export it as a PDF. You can print it out. It looks exactly like the same EKGs you get at the doctor's office. 
Wow. It shows them the heart rhythm for that 30 minutes. So tomorrow when I go into the doctor, I'll be like, Hey, you know, this is what's been going on. Here's the data. And granted, it's not quite as accurate as devices they may give you to take home, but it is about as good as you can get from a consumer store bought something and it will occasionally check for AFib and stuff like that. So if somebody has AFib and they're unaware and this catches it, it will give you that pop-up. Now the question will become how safe is the data that's on your phone, which I'm hoping safe, but I don't fully believe that it's a hundred percent safe, but you know, as a tool, when you're having issues that you want the doctor to be able, because everybody knows it's like taking your car to the mechanic. It's like all of a sudden the problem stops when, of course, so this is the same kind of thing. It's like, well, at least now I can go in and be like, well, here's what's been monitoring and it'll tell you, you know, it'll track your sleep. If you want it to do that, it'll tell you what it's been. Your heart rate has been, you know, what range it's been for that day or that week or that month. It'll tell you what your blood oxygen level, although that I've noticed is not as accurate as the little just $20 finger ones, but because it's, you know, it's taking it on your wrist, which is a little different, but still better than nothing. Really? And the amount of information that's there, as I said, the cardiologist was like, yeah, these things are, you know, pretty amazing what they can do because then I can actually, you know, you can take a vitamin deficiency, right? You'll see that would be, I mean, that was the one thing when I went in the last time, it was the first time the, the cardiologist, the doctor wasn't there, but I had a nurse practitioner and she sent me for a blood test and a urine test just to make sure there wasn't anything showing up there. And that all came back. Okay. But this is what I had as a kid, I believe from like the age of noticed it when I was about seven, it disappeared more or less by the time I was uh, 16, at least I have, you know, wasn't noticing it. You know, you never really know what's causing this kind of stuff to happen. And it is, it's just an extra beat. And I think it's more of an anxiety just because you feel it and you're like, well, something's wrong. Of course. But you do the research on it. It's like, well, for most people, it's totally nothing and nothing to worry about. But uh, Mm -hmm. we're looking at getting to the bottom of it. And I will be much happier next week. I do have an appointment. uh, Since Ben Rose is listening, I believe it is at uh, grumpy old Ben's time. I do have finally got the appointment with the endodontist. Oh, the tooth. How's that going? Yeah. Well, we've been waiting to get the this the endodontist to be able to look at the the root canal tooth and the other root canal tooth and maybe doing a root canal on the third one. And I'm hoping that perhaps once those things get taken care of too, because again, you read all the stuff with the heart rhythms and that it could possibly be all sorts of different fun stuff that if you take care of the thing that's aggravating it, then that'll just disappear. And that's kind of what we're hoping for. So we'll see. There'll be something fun and exciting on random thoughts is the short answer to that one. (laughs) As long as we're not dead, it'll be a great episode. Exactly. How about that Larry show? Any ideas what's coming up here? Yeah. You know, it's like, um, I get a tentative title for this week and it's a kind of a, uh, you know, a mashup of you've got some fascinating thing on, on Netflix or is it Netflix or Amazon? One of the two, I don't know about, about a story from 10 years ago called, um, hitchhiker with uh, axe axe swinging hitchhiker about some crazy kid that um, allegedly saved someone's life by jumping out of a car and he had ate up an axe in his back pocket and he split some guy's skull who was 
who was in the, in the act of, uh, of assaulting someone else with his axe. Um, but then it wound up that he was a, an absolute head case and he's in, he's in prison right now for murdering somebody as, himself. Nice. So, but, so between, and, but everybody heralded this guy as some kind of a hero. He was on Jimmy Kimmel and oh my God, they, they made him out to be a God. Um, and he turned out of course to just be a, a nut. And then you've got this guy um, Saturday who blew away 10 people in, uh, you know, in a dance class. He was a dance instructor in uh, Monterey Park, uh, California, which is about 40 miles from my front door. <laughs> so the title, the title title is The Psycho Next Door. Ooh. Know. We're going to look into that. Hey, just talk to uh, Bemrose's neighbor. You'll get some good stories. <laughs> you get some fantastic stories, but that's why you need to listen to that larry show that larry show.com random thoughts r-e-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com grumpy old bands unrelenting so many good shows out there so little time true but we will be back here next week on monday for another fun and exciting journey we are your tour guides i am am larry's fm he has what did what did bandrew call you the sultry or some it was it was sultry that's like an Adri- that's an adriana lima descriptor Yes, you've got the, you've got the point. Your your voice is the pointy chick equivalent of guys' voices, no doubt about it. And you can lend it to Bandrew for a very small uh, pimping of this show. Because I'm like Bandrew, why are you talking? Why are you talking about that Larry show? Talk about Planet Rage. Planet Rage is great. You could have said both. Oh, how dare he? But we'll be back here next Monday. Until then, later, everybody. The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Whole world going to shit. Planet Planet You understand how the world works.